We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Andrew and I kind of teased this on uh, on Monday, but got a really fun interview with uh, with just an awesome dude. Uh, Colin Malik, aka Kid Sensation, uh, dude who grew up with uh, with Griffey. Not really grew up, but was was uh, friends with him from back in the day when they were both in their uh, in their heydays in their twenties in Seattle. Um, really, just fun, interesting conversation. The he's he's a lot of fun to uh, to listen to and to talk with. Um, and, uh, guys still making music, which is great. I'm a, I'm a big nineties hip hop guy. So, um, it, it was, it was a lot of fun to talk with him. Uh, he was part of Sir Mix a lot when they came up. So he's, he's, uh, definitely had some really cool experiences. And then also being friends with Griffey, I think it's, it's just such a neat, uh, aspect of, you know, how guys can be friends while both at the pinnacle of their careers and, and really just have very, very different, um, you know, lines of work but also find some really, really interesting common ground and uh, start a friendship. Uh, we talked about how, you know, Griffey really got into a mindset and uh, and was just all about beating the Yankees, specifically in 1995, which, you know, crushed my guy Don Mattingly's uh, last year and essentially drove him, um, you know, into retirement without those, uh, without those, those World Series uh, appearances and, and definitely without the ring. Uh, so that was highly unfortunate uh, for many obvious reasons, but for whatever reason, Griffey was always among uh, fan favorite. Um, obviously, we have a podcast on Blue Wire 
that released on Tuesday called American Prodigy, the kid. So that's one of the reasons why we're, we're doing this. And also talking with uh, Cola was just a, a fun conversation. We want to bring you guys more just good conversations, either around baseball or um, you know, adjacent and uh, make sure that we have some, some Yankees ties. Cause there are definitely some specific things in Griffey. You know, the, the reason why 95 played out could very well go back to what happened, you know, in his childhood and the way that uh, he took some of the actions by Steinbrenner and the Yankees and, and not allowing him um, in the dugout at certain times. There's, you know, a couple marked incidents uh, or, or oppor- opportunities where he could have been on the field that, that he, that he has brought up in the past. Um, but there was uh, a clear disdain for the Yankees as an organization by Griffey, and he used it as fuel. And that was one thing that that uh, Cola was able to talk to us about was that type of the mentality that the guy had uh, as as a just kind of like that that killer athlete using that chip on the shoulder really for for anything and and making sure that it's fuel for uh, you know what he's doing on the field. So uh, apparently he also did that in uh, in the studio and uh, and and laid down some some. Uh, some, some hip hop tracks as well with kid sensation. So fun conversation. I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. And if you haven't already, definitely check out American prodigy uh, season two, the kid. All right, guys, I'm excited to bring you a special episode today. This is something that we don't normally do uh, talk. You know, we have some, some really good conversations about the, about the New York Yankees coming up because we're, we're going to talk to, uh, Cole Malik, who is the co-host of new podcast series, as we've been telling you about American Prodigy, second series, The Kid, about Ken Griffey Jr. and his impact on baseball and culture and the 90s and just how, uh, you know, how he impacted the, the sports world at that time. So I'm excited to bring you that because we there's definitely some some Yankees connections uh, with Griffey uh, in the in the mid 90s. Cola, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on and taking the time. What's happening, man? Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. All right. So obviously the podcast dropped yesterday. It's uh listen to the first episode, kind of sets a lot of things up, talks talking about, you know, this this premise of uh prodigy or you know, this one being the kid. You and and Griffey knew each other back in Seattle um as you were both coming up. Can you tell us just a little backstory so everybody kind of hears what the uh you know what the history is and, and how you know Griffey Jr.? For sure, for sure. Well, I mean, you know, so uh Griffey came, you know, to Seattle, as we know, right, you know, right around the late 80s, I think 89. And, um, you know, um, I had heard about, you know, like this young African-American baseball player that was kind of like all that that was coming to the Mariners. But I didn't like kind of like connect the dots. I didn't know the name and I didn't follow baseball like too tough back then. I mean, to be honest with you, we're in the Pacific Northwest, man. We get, you know, 300 days rain around here. Um, baseball, it just ain't really conducive to our, you know, to our area, to the, to the degree. And then the inner city kids, man, we just didn't, we wasn't really that into baseball, man. So as I grew up, I was in, I wasn't into baseball, you know, my parents never took me to a, you know, to, to no games or nothing like that. So I just didn't really have that like connection to baseball. And so, um, Fast forward to, you know, the, the, when, when Griff and I were probably about, I don't know, in our early, you know, late teens, early 20s when he first got drafted. So there was a car stereo store that we both used to go to to get our cars uh, hooked up with, the, with, you know, with these elaborate car stereos and whatnot. And so I, I'm taking my Mercedes up there, man, and I'm and I'm dropping it off. You know, I'm, I'm just a young MC in the game, man. First album dropped. I'm like, OK, let me, you know, put me a nice stereo in my car, man, and do all my good little thing. And uh, so. 
I, I'm up there going up to go check on my car. I'm in, you know, my Mercedes is sitting up there and I, and I roll up there to go uh, check on to see what's going on. Cause the installation is going to take like you know three weeks to a month. And so I see a really nice Porsche sitting in there and I'm, and, and so I talked to, you know, one of the guys who worked there, he's like, yeah, you know who that belongs to? And I'm like, and I'm like, no, who? He said, Ken Griffey Jr. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That, that sounds great. <laughs> Not knowing who <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was or what was going on. And so, um, he says, yeah, man, you need to meet him. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe he's into real estate or, you know, maybe he's some guy who, you know, whatever, let me find out who this guy is and why I need to know him. And so, um, we, uh, so he, you know, he takes me up to the, uh, up to the to the room where you know he and the manager were talking and all this and so um then he hey what's up man and uh, uh i'm griff what's going on man hey nice to meet you you know so we're just conversating and i still again i'm not real sure to who, who i'm talking to but i'm like clearly this dude obviously is someone important to them so man let me spend some time with him and then someone came up to him and said something about about batting practice or something else. And then you know how that light bulb just kind of like goes on in your head and then you go, oh, okay, man, this is okay. And so all of it came together and then I just played it real smooth like I knew the whole time. But apparently he knew about me and he had had my albums and, you know, all that kind of stuff and he was into Sir Mix-a-Lot and me at that time. So... He, he knew what was up and, and it was really cool to just make the connection. So that's how we ended up meeting was in a car stereo store, man. And we kicked it off from there. That's so cool. And it's such a, it's interesting because of the, you know, where you guys were. And again, this is a, a Barry and some of the lead, but Kid Sensation, Cole Malik, also Kid Sensation coming up with, uh, uh, with, with Sir Mix-a-Lot in the, in the, the heyday of hip hop. I, that's at least my heyday of hip hop. That was, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of, of nineties hip hop. So can you tell Talk talk a bit about that parallel, like being in the music industry, being in uh, the hip hop industry in Seattle and what it was like compared to a Griffey who, you know, is, I mean, I know the podcast, I've listened to the majority of it and, and we, we know what he does not like being compared to. And, and that's Jordan and being talked about in that way. But I mean, for baseball, he was Jordan. He was every, every kid who's grown up in the nineties had their hat backward. They, they mimicked the swing of Griffey, whether they were a righty or a lefty. And, uh, you know, his cultural impact is probably just as deep as, you know, anything he did on the field as well. So I'm curious to how you guys were living your life back in Seattle and that, at that time and, and where, the, where the parallels, uh, you know, existed. Oh, man. So that's a great question, man. I mean, to be honest, it's like both of us were young, man, right? And we were young, we were African-American and we were, you know, um, kind of like hitting our stride or, or you know, kind of breaking, you know, new, new kind of promising, you know, I guess prodigies, if you will, right? Just kind of breaking our way into the game. And what was so cool about Griff is that, I, like I said, I wasn't really that into baseball, man, until he invited me to come along and to come, you know, to come to a game. He got me tickets and, oh, man, go to Will Call, pick up tickets. All right, cool, man, let me see what's up with this, you know? And until I went and, and checked it out in person, that's when I really fell in love with the sport. And who better, right, to introduce you to the game of baseball? That's all right, than, you know, that's all right. Somebody like Ken Griffin Jr., <laughs> right? And I mean, right, right. And he was, man, he was, this was, this was Ken, right? I mean, Everybody else was kind of baseball, but this was Ken. He was like, yo, and he, man, he just trotted out with such a cool swag. He just, everything about him, man, just exuded coolness, man. And he really made the game, like, interesting and fun and relatable, like, to teenagers and to young people. And nobody I knew knew baseball, like, 
you know, knew, could, could tell you the whole roster of the Mariners, but they could certainly tell you about Ken Griffey, man, as he began to really, you know, explode in popularity in the 90s. And I mean, and I think the endorsements, the other things that began to follow were just because of, like we talked about, he brought a cool factor to the game. And, you know, the same thing, man, with me and the music, you know, I was really young. And so, you know, uh, putting out albums and, and doing all those things and, and like having a, a song, you know, songs on the billboard charts and albums on the charts and doing all those kind of things at, you know, 18 and 19 years old and stuff like that was just, it just was different. Right. I mean, I, you know, um, growing up, how I grew up, I grew up kind of poor, you know, in the, in the, uh, inner city and whatnot, single mom, but, to be able to kind of transition and see that music dream just kind of grow into a, a bit of a reality and start to happen. It was really cool, man. And as me and Griff started to kind of intersect, we both kind of had that same kind of thing going young, finding our way kind of, you know, the popularity beginning to kind of explode, you know, and, and me on <laughs> right. TV and MTV and back when they played music videos. Right. And, you know, just doing, doing our thing, man, at a, at a young age and, and, and really kind of, being a little bit of like the it thing, you know, um, in, at, at that time. I mean, there wasn't anybody, there wasn't a lot of people, you know, coming from Seattle in the music business. So for me to be on MTV and all these different things and making those things happen and for Griff to be on our television sets daily and, you know, kind of making it happen on the field, man, it was really dope. Yeah, no, it's a cool dynamic. It really is. I'm sure thinking back to it, it's just, you know, reliving those days and seeing how how unique it really was, you know, being uh, being along the along the way at the same time with a guy like Griffey, uh, it's just it's just very cool. You know, one of the things, and I have to imagine that you guys being friends, you don't necessarily talk as much about like what's happening, like what made you, uh, you know, get that fame, you know, get you get you, uh, you know, into the into the limelight. Probably the discussion of that doesn't happen as much, right? Because you're both kind of living it, almost almost like it's uh, you got blinders on to some of that stuff too, and you guys are just hanging out because right. you're on a similar right. level in, in and you're not like. Uh, swooning over each other, if you will, whereas fans are doing that. It's, I, I got to believe it's an interesting dynamic in that sense. But um, right, right. Yeah, did you guys talk much baseball? Did you guys talk talk much music? You know, they always say athletes want to be uh, want to be musicians. <laughs> Music, musicians always want to be athletes. So curious how that dynamic was uh, was unfolding. You literally took the quote right out of my mouth that I always <laughs> use for that. And it's because like literally, man, um, I think that we were always supportive of what one another did. But our relationship, man, I think the beauty of it and what has caused it to last, you know, so long and through the decades and all that is, is that when we connect, I'm sure 90% of the people that connect with Griff want to talk about what? Baseball, right? Baseball. And, you know, most of the people that talk to me, you know, that I don't, you know, know intimately, man, they want to talk about music. And it's like, so we get an escape from that when we get together, man. And like, he's not drilling me with questions on, you know, or saying, Hey man, can I, you know, get tickets to the concert? Or, hey, can I, this, or can I, that it's more like, you know, yo man, what's up? What you doing, man? Let's eat something. Let's go play some spades or whatever it is that we were doing at that age. And we did all that kind of stuff all the time. And, you know, but like, um, I think that we found a way to connect and just to kind of get away from really more of that and just be friends, man. And that was, there was just an organic nature to our relationship, man. That was kind of, the, I think the glue that really kind of kept us, you know, able to be respectful of one another and just feel that kind of like, okay, man, I don't have to be thinking that, well, oh, when's he going to hit me up for some tickets to the game? When's he going to, you know, it's more like, yo, this is my guy. And, and, and it, it was just kind of a safe space for us to kind of hang and be, be, be ourselves. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's really interesting. So uh, from a, from a Yankees fan perspective, cause uh, you know, the majority of the people that are listening to this show are Yankees fans and I'd say Yankees fans and had a interesting relationship with Griffey on the field because 
he was he was Ken Griffey Jr. at the end of the day, and and I think people, uh, me included, you know, relish that they he's fun to watch. Like he was fun for the game. He was just uh, uh, you you, you kind of we hadn't seen that the uh, the type of things that he was doing, like that swing. We just hadn't seen that before. Um, and and like you said, the cultural impact. Like he's got shoes. Like th- there was something different there. But at the same time he would destroy the New York Yankees. So on the field, he had very much an impact uh, in the way that things went down. My guy growing up was Don Mattingly, first baseman for the New York Yankees. Uh, 1995, um, Griffey and the Mariners took them out, the Yankees out, and it was uh, ended up being Mattingly's last year. But when you look at some of the impact that Griffey and the Yankees had, it actually goes back to the playing days of his father. And when he played for the New York Yankees and Griffey was a kid, and he's talked about this, uh, about you know almost being singled out, and he thinks because of of race potentially, uh, George Steinbrenner uh, being a uh, the owner and really having his thumb and control about what happens at the New York Yankees always for everything, like down to the blades of grass and how high they're cut. Um, and you know he wasn't allowed to be in the dugout with his father, but yet there were uh, you know some other players that had their kids out in the field, and he always took that very personally. It seemed like. Uh, and and was vocal about it, even saying that he would never play for the Yankees if he was traded to them. He would rather retire. So I'm curious as to, um, you know, your interactions with him and the way that he would use, not even specific to this, but just like fuel in, in something that was happening outside uh, in the world that would affect him on the baseball field or just like, you know, things that that he felt were just unfair, what was happening. Just curious as to like what that mindset was as a, as a player or anything that you guys would would talk about. Man, honestly, you know, <laughs> being being close to Griff <laughs> used to be funny, man. Anything, he was competitive, right? And I mean, when I say competitive, man, that dude was, he, he he's wired the way that elite athletes are wired. There's just a thing about them. And I know, you know, a lot of these dudes, man, and it's so funny. They're all kind of like wired the same. And maybe I'm wired a little bit this way, but they are competitive and they will use anything. And I mean anything, even if they have to manufacture it, they will come up with a way to give themselves a mental competitive edge to, 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 to want to, you know, and so with him, if it means like I've got to channel up some stuff that happened when I was 10 years old, I'm not going to forget it. And I'm going to make y'all pay for it. And it might be years and years later, but I'm going to use that as motivation and fuel to, uh, to propel me to, 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 to greatness, man. And it's, and it's so funny. Like I say, he's such a competitor, man. He's competitive in everything. I mean, from, you know, we could be playing games, we could be playing board games, we could be playing cards, whatever it is, man. He was very, very uh, competitive. And it's so funny. I'm, I'm I'm sure you've probably heard about the song that he and I did together. Oh yeah, yeah, I've I've heard about it. Yep. <laughs> so the way I swing, man, we uh, the reason that that even came together was because of competitiveness, man. I mean, it was like Griff was like, you know, we were talking about music, we were talking about baseball for one time, man. and uh, you know, I told told, told him that I, to be honest, I thought it would be easy to uh to hit a fastball you know i said man you know what how hard could it be i mean you know i'm coordinated i could hit a a ball and you know and he was talking about getting on the microphone and whatnot and we kind of had our little i don't know debate over whose job maybe was more difficult in terms of you know of of rapping and getting on stage and performing or writing lyrics or you know getting in a studio and and laying stuff down versus versus baseball so that ended up (laughs) causing us to be in a in a competitive way 
ended, that's how that song ended up being birthed, man. Because I was like, all right, I'll tell you what, I'll go into the batting cage and I bet I'll be able to hit a ball versus you being able to get onto the microphone and spit lyrics. And so he ended up, you know, um, coming in the, in the, you know, I wrote his lyrics and did all this and kind of showed him how everything went. He came to the studio, man, and he knocked it down. And I was, I was really surprised and, and really proud of him. And then I went with him down to, uh, to spring training and uh and hung out down in tempe man and uh got into the batting cage i'm like man this this should be a piece of cake you know and i hadn't hit a fastball before ever in my life right and i mean uh, you know i hit uh, in the slower cages i was making a little contact and doing whatever he's like no 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 no, let's scoot you down a couple of cages man and you know i get into the the, the fast cages man and it was a whole different game and I, I mean i might have made some contact on one at least that's the story i'll tell but uh other than that, man, I was trying to duck from them balls coming at me at 90 miles an hour, man. It's a, it's a different game, man. By the time the pitching thing just lets that thing go, it's already hit the pad, and you're like, what happened? It's <laughs> So I would say, yeah, man, um, he, he ended up winning that, <laughs> winning that exchange for sure. But like you were getting back to what you are saying, though, he is, he'll use any competitive edge that he can muster up and i so i promise you that plan with the yankees that was some extra fuel man of what happened to him when he was a youngster it's funny because this it's it's what you're saying is uh the you know whether it was stored in a special place for just waiting for him to play the yankees in a in a big moment the um first ever playoff game was uh against the yankees and in 1995 alds he hit two home runs in game one, and then ended up going five home runs, seven RBIs, and scored the winning run for the for the the Mariners I mean. in game five. So so yeah, integral part of this pretty spectacular. The, the man was uh, was on a mission. It seemed I think for that, and uh, you know it didn't matter. Like he, you're right. He he mustered that thing up, but he he really captured that. I think playing the Yankees for his entire career, and uh, and and really tormented the team his entire career, which is uh, which is something. But at the same time. I, I think I'm speaking for a lot of Yankees fans is that there was so much love for Ken Griffey Jr. at the same time, maybe not in those exact moments, but at the same time as a, as a, as a baseball figure, as a cultural figure, um, that it was just a different, it was a different type of relationship, I, I, I think. And, and maybe that was because I was a, a teenager at the time and, you know, just liked a lot of different things and, and could have been that someone who's 30, 40 years old uh, in 1995 might be singing a different tune at that point. But um, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can uh, so the the podcast well, the bombers got the last laugh for sure in a lot of ways, man, and uh, got a lot of hardware to show for it. So Griff had some moments, but you guys got hardware. Man. That so, that uh, is <laughs> got to tip the cap yep. to the uh, to the bombers. Yeah, man. no, 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 that's that is <laughs> that is definitely so, true. There's yeah. a, a storied history there on the field for sure. Um, hey, man, before we get get out of here, uh, a couple more things. Just one, where can everybody find you uh, and your music and everything? Just uh, let, let the best way to to get go about finding. Uh, and following you kidsensation.com that's literally where everything is at um you'll find links to my social media even though a lot of my social media is under cola music so xola music we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Music, so IG and Facebook and Twitter and all that. You can find me on all those places. But um, kidsensation.com literally has everything. So literally go to the .com. You can find this, the, the songs with Griffey and I because uh, everyone's heard The Way I Swing, but not very many people have heard Back Home, the one when he came back to Seattle and he's talking in that song. And then there's Refuse to Lose where I, that I made for that 95 campaign. And, and <laughs> during those moments, that was pretty a pretty cool song they played at the kingdom during those uh moments and during that playoff run so that was really cool um so yes they can catch more of my music i got a new album out man that just came out in 2020 called presently past the future so for the people that are kind of a little bit tired of some of the uh trap rap and some of the what hip-hop has become mm-hmm. for guys like you and i that are kind of nostalgic throwbacks man that love uh that kind of hip-hop man this is the album for you so if you're a ll fan and fans of you know the kind of Hip hop in the '90s and 2000s, man, and you and you love that real stuff based on the element. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness, or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all gone through a lot over the past year plus with COVID. Well, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in your area, and it's available worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living happier today. You can visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily to see for yourself. Visit betterhelp.com slash bronx21. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of experienced professionals. We have a great special offer for our listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash bronx21. One more time, betterhelp.com slash bronx21. Hey, last thing, man. Um, I know that the first episode dropped on Tuesday of American Prodigy, the kid. But uh, if you can tell everyone what, what to kind of expect from the season, that would be great. Because I know you guys were setting up a lot of things for what's coming in the season. And it's definitely some unique, unique stuff about, uh, you know, the story of Griffey. It's not, I think necessarily all that, that people would expect, which I love. I love the, the, all the other information about it, but if you could give just a little bit more of a preview to what's to come in the, uh, in the rest of the season, uh, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. So man, first of all, Alex, man, drew out some great questions, man, to really make that podcast. It was just so unexpected, man. And he didn't really tip his cap much to what he was going to talk about or whatever. So literally everything was super authentic and super organic from the moment. And what I can really say, man, that I think that will make this really intriguing for people is that 
if you were into Griffey and you think that he is, you know, like you think you kind of know him from the surface, I think what kind of happened over the over the episodes of this podcast is that we were able to unpack some of the you know moments and some of the things and some of the behind the scenes stuff where you get to kind of see a little bit of what from my perspective made he and I kind of tick and I just shared openly and candidly man about you know different situations funny stories or my perspective of different major you know things that kind of happen and I think perhaps uh you know people get to see the heart of the man, you know, that's behind some of the stuff that they might have seen in the public and may have perceived one way or the other. Hopefully it just sheds new light and gives a new perspective. You know, there's not a, a bunch of like bombshell revelations and I'm and I'm certainly out to honor my friend. But on the same token, I'm just real and organic and just and the questions were great, man. And it just really led into some fun places and some fun stories that'll give people who are real true fans just a unique look at. At, at, at the man and in and, and our lives and how they intersected and uh it was it was it's i think it's really cool man it's, it's definitely worth uh, worth the listen awesome all right guys well if you uh if you are interested and you should be go check out american prodigy the kid on uh, any of the any of the podcast platforms and hit that subscribe and listen to uh episode two will will come out next week so cola Thanks, man. Really do appreciate it. Uh, I'm looking forward to checking out more of your music too. By the way, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely into it. So uh, I appreciate uh, you taking the time, and uh, you know, looking forward to the rest of the season of American Prodigy. No doubt, man. You've been a, a, an awesome professional, my guy, man. Great questions, great stuff, and uh, hit me up with that address, man. I'll make sure and get you some physical signed stuff. So it look like you got a little memorabilia back there. We can let it join in the in the collection. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. Cool, man. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.